Good morning. Today is Thursday, the 18th of October, 2018. Um, this is the Daily Office with Jaga. So I'm Jaga. The usual disclaimer is that I'm just a regular person. I have no qualifications that mean that you should um, take my word as anything other than an opinion. Today is a special day. It is the day we remember St. Luke the Evangelist. So our prayers for morning prayer, and we'll be using Rite 2 from the Episcopalian Book of Common Prayer, as we usually do. And our readings will be Psalm 103, Ezekiel 47, 1 through 12, and Luke 1, 1 through 4. If anyone is uh, a little bit unfamiliar with the Book of Common Prayer or where the daily readings come from, they're found in the back of the book for the daily office. Um, they start on, let's see here, the Daily Office Lectionary starts on page 934, so like really at the back of the book, and it goes by year one and year two, and right now we're in year two, and we're in proper 23, which is the week of the Sunday closest to October 12. Um, all of that might seem a little bit confusing, and I apologize for that, but at the very, very end, literally like the last few pages in the book, starting on page 996, um, our holy days are described to us. So these are days when we remember special people or events, and we have special readings for them. So we find today for St. Luke on page 999. So hopefully that helps like a little bit. There's a really good book out there on the Book of Common Prayer, and I'll find the title and give it to you guys too. But in the meantime, we start as usual on page 78, of the Book of Common Prayer with our opening verse, and then we're going to move along. I'll do a little bit more narration through the pages as we go, since we're doing things a little bit differently to remember our special saint here. And with that being said, we actually are starting on page 77. We use special opening verses for saints, major saints days. We give thanks to the Father, who has made us worthy to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Moving to the confession of sin. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to set forth his praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship him, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us 
that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us adore him. We'll use the Jubilate today. It begins on page 82. Be joyful in the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with a song. Know this, the Lord himself is God. He himself has made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and call upon his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness endures from age to age. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us adore him. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so that your youth so that your youth is renewed like the eagles the lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed he made known his ways to moses his acts to the people of israel the lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love he will not always accuse nor will he keep his anger forever he does not deal with us according to our sins nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we were made. He remembers that we are dust. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant, and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, obedient to his spoken word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers that do his will. 
Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Ezekiel, chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. Then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There, water was flowing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. And the water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces toward the east. And the water was coming out on the south side. Going on eastward with a cord in his hand, the man measured 100, the man measured 1,000, pardon me, the man measured 1,000 cubits and then led me into the water and it was ankle deep. Again, he measured 1,000 and led me through the water, and it was knee deep. Again, he measured 1,000 and led me through the water, and it was up to the waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Mortal, have you seen this? Then he led me back along the bank of the river. As I came back, I saw on the bank of the river a great many trees on one side and on the other. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah. And when it enters the sea, the sea of stagnant waters, the water will become fresh. Wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. And there will be many, very many fish once these waters reach there. It will become fresh, and everything will live where the river goes. People will stand fishing beside the sea, from Engedi to Eneglam. It will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of a great many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But its swamps and, march and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. On the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'll use Canticle 19 today. It can be found on page 94. O ruler of the universe, Lord God, great deeds are they that you have done, surpassing human understanding. Your ways are ways of righteousness and truth, O king of all the ages. Who can fail to do you homage, Lord, and sing the praises of your name? For you only are the Holy One. All nations will draw near and fall down before you, because your just and holy works have been revealed. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. 
Glory to you, Lord Christ. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, I too decided, after investigating everything carefully from the very first, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. We continue with the Apostles' Creed on page 96. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We will use suffrages set A, which are immediately following, page 97. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, who inspired your servant Luke the physician to set forth in the gospel the love and healing power of your Son, graciously continue in your church this love and power to heal, to the praise and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
now is the time for kind of ad hoc prayers and, and thoughts. And I would like at this time um, to read to you about St. Luke from the book Stars in a Dark World, Stories of the Saints and Holy Days of the Liturgy. It's a bit long, so you can either bear with me or fast forward, whatever you like. Born of pagan Greek parents, Luke was one of the early Christians in the church in Antioch. He was probably baptized by St. Peter, Antioch's first bishop, and possibly acquainted with St. Ignatius, Antioch's second bishop. This adds a singular poignancy to Luke's words in his Acts of the Apostles. It was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. Equally poignant is the brief, dense, and moving phrase in St. Paul's last letter, written from the Roman prison shortly before his beheading. Only Luke is with me. Between these two instances stretches the long and rich life of a deeply devout Gentile Christian, a physician, a celibate, and a devoted disciple of St. Paul, never leaving his master's side, even in hardship and prison. Indeed, probably passing as Paul's slave, since physicians at the time were generally Greek slaves of Romans. This was Luke, the inspired writer of the third gospel and the Acts of the Apostles, the most literarily skilled and elegant works in the entire New Testament. And possibly, if the ancient legends have any truth, an artist of some talent. Luke's gospel is unique among the synoptics. First, for its literary quality and classical style, the best Greek writing in the New Testament but also for its unique inclusions, its psychological sensitivity, and its positive emphasis on the role of women. Luke also wrote the Acts of the Apostles as an appendix to his gospel, writing it probably while in Rome where St. Paul was prisoner. He wrote the book in order to correct some false stories that had begun to circulate in the church and dedicated it to one Theophilus, apparently a person of some social distinction probably a public magistrate of Antioch, who may have been converted by Luke. In the first 12 chapters of the Acts, he describes the general activity of the principal apostles in Jerusalem, beginning with the ascension of the Lord. From the 13th chapter onwards, the book is almost exclusively absorbed with the missionary travels of St. Paul, to most of which Luke was an eyewitness. The variations in pronouns in the book of Acts account of Paul's travels is fascinating, and that there is a variation from he, that is Paul, to we, when Luke was apparently present. Both of Luke's books are written primarily for Gentiles, and for their sakes, he makes some changes in the gospel tradition, seldom quoting the Old Testament, and avoiding many Hebrew words like Abba, Hosanna, and Rabbi. He omits the other evangelist duplications and includes only one miraculous feeding of loaves and fishes, only one return of Jesus to the apostles at Gethsemane, only one trial scene before the Jewish authorities. Luke alone includes such famous episodes or parables as the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son, the poor Lazarus at the gate of the rich man, Jesus's visit to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, the forgiving of Jesus's executioners, the promise of paradise to the good thief, and the woman taken in adultery although some place the last story in John's Gospel. Luke shows a consistent concern for the poor, adding the parable about the rich man building new barns, 
And while Matthew adds in spirit, Luke's version of the familiar beatitude simply reads, blessed are the poor. Luke portrays Jesus' demands of his disciples as absolute. He demands that they leave everything and even adds the word wife to the list of what, may, what some may need to renounce. Sell what you have and give alms is also Luke's addition, and he makes the bearing of Christ's cross a daily matter. It is Luke alone who includes Christ's words, Every one of you who does not say farewell to all his possessions cannot be my, my disciple. Luke chapter 14 verse 33. It is clear that Luke used Mark's gospel as a resource in composing his own, but was highly conscientious in following up other eyewitness stories about Jesus. During Paul's imprisonment in Caesarea, Luke would have had two years to research and seek out first-hand witnesses to Jesus's life and teaching, make some discoveries which the other synoptics did not know about, and include stories unrecorded elsewhere. Luke is outstanding in his exclusive inclusion of information about the birth of Jesus, such as the Annunciation of Gabriel to the Blessed Virgin, the Visitation of Mary to Elizabeth, and the Flight into Egypt. Since these stories could only have been told by Mary herself, it has been thought that Luke may have been a personal friend of hers and had these accounts from her own lips. In addition, a writer of the 6th century states that a century before, the Empress Eudokia Eudokia, had sent to St. Pulcheria an icon of Our Lady painted by St. Luke. Other pictures of Our Lady have been attributed to him, most notably the picture entitled Salus Romani Populi, which hangs in the Bergesian Chapel in the Church of St. Maria Maggiore. Many have derided the tradition of Luke's being a, painter, being a painter, but a very ancient inscription in a church in Rome where one such painting was discovered claims it to be one of the seven painted by St. Luke, so it seems likely that there is at least some truth behind the tradition. There are a number of conflicting stories about Luke's death. St. Gregory of Nazianzus is the first to claim that Luke was a martyr. And an African martyrology from the 5th century refers to him as evangelist and martyr. However, according to a more likely line of traditions, Luke was unmarried, wrote his gospel in Greece, and died at the age of 84 in central Greece. The local tradition there has Luke crucified on an olive tree. The emperor Constantius II, or the second, in the 4th century, ordered the relics of St. Luke brought to Constantinople, where they were enshrined in the great church of the apostles. And during a repair of that church a hundred years later, three wooden coffins were found with inscriptions identifying the bodies as those of St. Luke, St. Andrew, and St. Timothy. Apparently at that time, some of the relics may have been disturbed, since Gregory the Great claims that relics of St. Luke were in the chapel of his monaster monastery of St. Andrew in Rome. Of the evangelists symbolically described in the book of the prophet Ezekiel and in John's revelation of heaven, Luke is associated with the symbol of the bull calf, the, preemin the preeminent sacrificial am animal. Sorry guys, I'm really tongue-tied today, please forgive me. Singularly appropriate in the life of patient faithfulness and self-sacrifice, which he exemplified. 
His feast was celebrated by the church from earliest times, and there are 28 ancient churches dedicated to him in Great Britain alone. And in Old England, when a few fine days predictably come in October, they were called St. Luke's Little Summer. Next, I have for you another reading from Hearts on Fire, Praying with Jesuits. This was written by Daniel Berrigan, and it's a prayer based on Psalm 121. It's called, My Help, My Hope, Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to you, my help, my hope. The heavens, who could imagine? The earth, only our Lord. The infinite starry spaces, the world's teeming breath. All this, I lift my eyes, upstart, delighted, and I praise. Now is our time for personal prayer and um, individual connection, tapping into our relationship, our one-on-one -on -one relationship with God in whatever form or manner you do that, or I guess you can choose to not, as, not at all too, right? So I'm going to pause, you guys pause too, and we'll come back together and close our time. So this might not have a direct connection to our readings, or it might, and it's just not readily apparent to me, but I feel moved to share some other stuff from you. So uh, I've been reading other things, of course. Those of you that know me personally know that I love books and reading and learning and trying new things. And so I'm reading Brene Brown's latest book, Dare to Lead. And in it, she talks about something she's talked about in other books and in a lot of interviews with her. It's um, what I think of as the critic and the man in the arena. And when we're being brave, when we're leaning forward, when we're trying, we often encounter critics. And, and that's happened to me lately. And I have one in particular that had uh, kind of posed himself as my ally before. It's, it's someone who, but now that he's in a position of authority over me in the workplace, the attitude is quite different. And there have been a couple of criticisms that were not expressed in a constructive or respectful way. And what seemed like kind of purposefully done in front of our mutual boss. So it was very helpful to me to be re-reminded of the man in the arena because I've taken a lot on my plate at work lately um, bitten off more than I can chew perhaps just because there was such a need and there wasn't anyone to step in and do it and so there are a couple times lately where I have sacrificed perfection for progress and maybe gone a little too far in that direction I'm finding my good middle ground there and that could definitely be seen as a fail in a couple of arenas, you know, where things have gotten backlogged or bottlenecked at me. And, um, and then also where the quality of some of my work products, particularly my review of others' works products, has not been as um, close to perfect as it used to be. Particularly, I'm not completely rewriting everything that comes through me anymore. <laughs> and, um, and I was criticized for that yesterday. And I took that one to heart 
more than others. Um, and I'm doing a little rumble with why, because the last time this happened, I allowed it to just roll off. It was so obviously just a, a remark that came from a place of fear and scarcity, right? Maybe because there was a little bit of truth in this one, but I'm sorry to wax on. What I'm getting to is that I wanted to share that Teddy Roosevelt quote with you and then encourage all of you out there, my friends and listeners, whether I know you personally or not, that if you're out there trying, you're going to have critics, keep faith, be brave, do the rumble, all of this as Brene would say, and remember that in the end, the only being that you need to be pleasing is the Lord and his criticism will always be constructive. He will always be leading you toward a place of further blessing and flourishing and all good things as they say. So here's the quote. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So I leave you with that and I hope that you have a wonderful day and let's wrap up our prayer session here with the general thanksgiving on page 101. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we your unworthy servants give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.